0: Higher protein, healthier snacks, growing demand inside the rise of edamame on this special episode of the Dapper Dividends Podcast. Hello, welcome back. This is Russ and I will be Russ for the right here remainder of this episode, but we're not talking about edamame. We are going to talk a little bit about the backbone of your dividend portfolio and it's probably not what you're thinking but before we get to that, got some portfolio moves, little bit of stock dividend news, and you can always follow our portfolios in the link below. Two links down there, one for the portfolios. It'll bring you to dapperdividends.com, where you can click on one of the three. We've got the bridge, which is the taxable, the self-directed IRA, or the Roth retirement account. And those will bring you to the dividend tracker which also there's an affiliate link below in the notes. If you'd like to check out the Dividend Tracker, my guy, JJ Buckner's, it's his thing. And I I will get kicked a few bucks if you decide to go for the year subscription, not prescription, but I am giving you a prescription for some Dividend Tracking going on in your life if you need it. I don't know. Hey, what did I do? Well, this is what I did. It's been an interesting week. We have inflation that's, you know, still with us, climbing a little bit. I think it's gas prices are way up there and we can't control it. But what we can control is what we buy and sell, right? So I sold 5 shares of Alibaba, ticker BABA at $150, $100 and 58 cents. Mind you, why did I sell those? Well, China had a bit of a pop everything's reopening. So anything that's been China focused or invested is going to see some better numbers, right? So I sold those shares of Alibaba because honestly, I I thought the business was bigger is better. And it, they always said, oh, they're the Amazon of China. And it turns out they're in the Amazon of China, the Spotify of China the PayPal of China, they're the Uber of China, the WeWork of China, anything. It's all rolled into one company. They are just integrated into what was that movie with Wally? They're like that company. I can't think of it right now. Somebody's screaming at the radio. They know it. But yeah, it's it's kind of like that. They're just everything is Alibaba in China. So I don't know. It's still a interesting, interesting play. But it was a growth investment for me didn't work out and now I'm moving that money over into something that I am following a lot more closely which is Harrow Health ticker H-R-O-W. I know both of those don't pay a dividend but it is a small growth component to the portfolio. Mark Baum the CEO and founder of Harrow Health he has just really got a really cool plan. He is a big adherent of Warren Buffett big fan of Warren Buffett and he's trying to get a stranglehold on the ophthalmic uh, sector, which is eye care, eye drugs, all, all that he wants to do. So this is the guy's domination. All that he wants to do is bring better eye care products, uh, pharmaceuticals for the eye and make them less expensive. And that's how he wants to dominate. So it's going to take a minute, though, and I think one of the lessons here. And this is something that applies to all of your holdings. And again, I know these don't pay a dividend, but you can't borrow somebody else's conviction. I have done a lot of looking and building my own conviction for investing in Harrow Health. Yes, a listener to the YouTube channel, KC, had recommended them. Took me about six months to really dive into them and like what I saw and start buying buying them. But Mark Baum, the CEO, he wants to bring their revenue up to $1 billion annually. They're at about $88 million right now. So they got a ways to go. But uh, he's playing the long-term game. I'm playing the long-term game. So I think a lot of the selling was weak hands because they had been positive a penny in net income. Now they're negative two cents because they've made a bunch of acquisitions, but it's really looking forward and trying to, you know, understand what a business is doing. And if you don't want to do that, just buy SCHD. You can just buy the whole basket of cuddly little ETFs all snuggly warm in that basket. About a hundred stocks inside of uh, SCHD and they're all dividend paying companies, solid blue chip businesses. A couple stinkers there I don't agree with, looking at you, Ford. But you know what? that's You're at the mercy, for better or worse, of an ETF because you don't control what goes into it. But I bought two shares of SCHD at seventy four forty eight. dollars well, I have 137 right now. This is all in the Roth. And I want to get to 150 shares of uh, SCHD. So that's what's going on with that. And by the way, I'll put a link to... The latest shareholder letter from mark baum from harrow health in the notes if you'd like it hey take a peek take a look through it i think it's a really interesting company and i'm pretty sure one day they're gonna be over easily thirty dollars a share if all things go according to plan but point being i have my own conviction I think a lot of traders were selling out, driving the share price down. So uh, what I did was I rolled those Alibaba shares, which I don't really understand the business, into a business I do understand and I think has a really, really nice and bright future and trajectory. So with that being said, let's get to a little bit of dividend news. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. So this is brought to you by SimplySafeDividends.com. No, they're not a sponsor of the show. I just use them and share some of the information with you. Uh, this is some of their news. So, up here, if you're up there in Canada, the Great White North, you got what do you got up there? You got Rush, you got Jim Carrey, you got like the Toronto Argonauts, and uh, all kinds of things. I know my buddy SCHD Stan Craig, by the way. Thank you for coming on the last podcast. Really enjoyed having you. So TC Energy is spinning off their oil business in 2024. Interesting. They're keeping dividend investors whole. This is something I want you guys to watch when 3M, they're spinning off their consumer health business. I want you to watch and see what happens if the dividend is going to be the same when you combine it with 3M and the spin-off. So TC Energy, it will be. Uh, what they're doing, they're splitting into two companies. Uh, TC Energy is going to be a natural gas pipeline storage and power business. And then the Liquids Pipelines company is going to be Liquids Pipelines and storage business. But the point is that when you combine the dividend from the st- future two separate companies it will be at least equal to tc energy's current dividend at the time of closing so definitely something to look forward to with 3m and i suspect that they're going to use the spin-off as a kind of a way to cut that dividend and reduce it like at&t did so which is by the way you know because warner brothers isn't paying a dividend so that's kind of like they're gonna say i think Hey, we're losing revenue. I think it's like 9 billion or so. 8 or 9 billion. They're gonna say we're losing 8 or 9 billion from the consumer health. So we're reducing our dividend. And then you gotta watch to see if the consumer health is paying a dividend that is going to be the reduced amount from 3M. Skyworks ticker SWKS, the semiconductor, semiconductor company (laughs) hiked their dividend 9.7%. I don't even know what that, that almost sounds Canadian. More than my ya-hater, which I think is Michigan. I think they say that there. Either way, Skyworks hiked their dividend 9.7%, which is their seventh straight year of double-digit raises. 2.52% yield for Skyworks. Ingredion, ticker INGR, which I did not know, used to be Corn Products International. And I worked as a subcontractor here in the Chicagoland area down in Argo, which is by Summit, Illinois, right off Scummit, some people call it, right off I-55 and First Avenue, there would always be this smell. A lot of it was from corn products, which in a uh, few years ago became Ingredient. So they raised their dividend 9.9%. That's their 13th consecutive year of dividend payouts. Currently a 3.12% yield, 99 percent dividend safety score, which I took a peek, Eh, it would worry me just a little bit because their free cash flow payout ratios, you can hear me furiously scrolling. 2021, so they had traditionally been around 35 to 49%, which is beautiful. We love to see under 60%, under 70% is okay. Uh, In 2021, Ingredient jumped up to 188%, which is no bueno. And then they went free cash flow negative in 2022. And the last 12 months, the payout ratio is 150%. So watch out there for Ingredion. They got to get that under control and quick. Same thing with PepsiCo. My beloved PepsiCo has a payout ratio of over 100%. I think 119%, which red flag. And I'm hoping that really does start to come down. Broadridge ticker BR, the data processing and outsourced services company. The company raised their dividend 10%, which is annual increases since they went public in 2007 every single year. 1.78% yield, so not a big yield for Broadridge. They did say they reaffirmed Raytheon's dividend growth trajectory, unlikely to be impacted by engine issues. Uh, Some of their... Some of their aircraft engines will require them to be removed from service for inspection earlier than expected. So uh, check into that if you're a Raytheon investor and see if that affects you. And then a note, also dividend downgrade for international flavors and fragrances, ticker IFF. I will be doing a video having including... I will be including them in a video I'll be doing on YouTube. Been looking into them. I'll give you the sneak peek stay away. I I think we're headed for a dividend cut with IFF unless something magical happens uh, in short order. Uh, Yeah, I, I would not invest in IFF. So I was talking with my friend Harris from One Penny at a Time podcast, and he brought up something in the Psychology of Money book. And I remembered something that I had to look up in it where talking about trading, trying to get in and out of the market trying to time the market, that Morgan wrote, A friend of mine makes an annual pilgrimage to Las Vegas. One year, he asked the dealer, What games do you play and what casinos do you play in? The dealer, Stone Cold serious, replied, The only way to win in a Las Vegas casino is to exit as soon as you enter. And that makes me think of playing the long game, like going long term. Like I'm doing with Harrow Health again, not a dividend stock, but you know that's my game. we're all playing different games, and it's an infinite game, the world of investing, so also from the psychology of money, he tells that Warren Buffett in the book at the time of the writing, had a net worth of eighty four point five billion dollars, but eighty four point two billion came after his 50th birthday and Warren has been investing since he was 10. Quite honestly, that tells me we need time for compounding to work and compounding is the key ingredient to the dividend snowball, which is just when your dividends buy more dividends and then that bigger amount buys more dividends and it's just your interest, earning interest, earning interest, and it compounds in the right direction. Whereas if you have credit card debt and you can't pay it off, uh, I think Warren said, if you're paying 22% interest, it's going to be really hard to get ahead in life. So if you got credit card debt, get rid of it ASAP. Stop inv- I would stop investing until your high interest consumer debt is just completely gone. Uh, mortgage is different. That's a different show for a different topic in a different day. But ultimately, I think the backbone of any investing portfolio is your happiness. That is the most important thing is if you are happy. And I've listened to every single Berkshire annual meeting. A couple times, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, they talked about the keys to happiness not money. Yeah, money can buy you things that will make you happy. Sure. But in and of itself, it's not money. It's having meaningful relationships, spending quality time with family and friends, and being part of something that is bigger than yourself, which they're part of Berkshire, I guess. So they've made a lot of people a lot of money, put kids through college, helped a lot of people out by growing that that big, big, beautiful blue chip business, which just hit record highs uh, this week, right? Last week? No, this week. But it's teaching me that I'm learning not to anchor my happiness on things, and you should not. Anchor them not on tangible things or even intangible things. And the Buddhists have a saying that the secrets of happiness is wanting less because it's something that we have full control over, I think. Meaning that, you know, what we want is 100% within our control, but what we get is not always within our control. Okay, yeah, you can, you know, physically force somebody to do something for you, but uh, I don't think that's (laughs) that's what they're talking about. So I I think it still stands to reason that, It's internal. What we want is internal. So we're making ourselves miserable by wanting more and more and more. And I think that is really huge, dude. I'm almost 46 now, (laughs) making myself younger. And I think the secret to happiness truly is wanting less and knowing exactly what you want. So for me, looking at FIRE and thinking about FIRE, F-I-R-E, the Financially Independent Retired Early, is when you take your annual expenses, you multiply it by 25. So if you're spending $40,000 a year, that's what you need to comfortably live. Multiply it by 25. I think it's $1.5 million is what your portfolio would need to be. Uh, That would be an amount you can comfortably withdraw from. And you are financially independent. You will theoretically never run out of money withdrawing at 4%. Because the market is about 8-10% or so every year on average. So theoretically you should never run out of money. But I came up with a different fire. It's called LATSA fire. L-A-T-S-A. Lowest amount to stay alive. This is the lowest amount you would need to sustain life. So kind of like your annual expenses with the regular fire. But you pare it down to food, shelter, water, how much, how little would you need to eat enough every day to stay alive? Not even just like Starbucks. I'm talking like uh, apples <laughs> and the basic, you know, even ramen noodle packets, your shelter. What is one step above being homeless? Like, what is the minimum? What does that look like if you were paying? Is that some, you know, horrible, horrible trailer park? I don't know. But what's one step above being homeless? Maybe it's living in a hostel. And then just, you don't even need Netflix. You don't need the entertainment. So what is that lowest dollar amount you would need to stay alive? Multiply that by 25. And that is your lats of fire. That means you can literally just stay alive. You know, you're one step above homeless. Probably not the best place to be, but it's certainly a nice comforting thought to think That from this moment on, whatever that number is, I will have enough to sustain my life. Even if the S hit the fan really bad, then I could still clothe my family or yourself or whoever you're with. So I think that's kind of cool. And you know, just tying this in with knowing why you're investing and knowing why you're doing something. Yeah, we all love stock picks, we all love to get the hot stock tips and this and that, but again. Knowing why you need to have a why you have to have a purpose, and that will drive what you do and why you do it. And I think it was Morgan Housel who also said the whole purpose of what he does and why he invests is because he wants to do what he wants to do, meaning uh, work on the things he wants to with the people he wants to when he wants to, just doing everything, controlling as much of his time as possible. And I think. That is the way to do it. I think that's the way we got to go. And I wanted to share this with you. This is morbid, but it's not meant to be. And you may have never heard this, but there is an author that wrote a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. This is somebody that was, I believe, a hospice nurse, worked with hundreds of people that were terminally ill and knew they were in the final days of their life. And these were the top five things the five regrets that they had from their life and I really know I you know I know you may have tuned in for whatever but but just listen to this stick with me the first one at the top we'll start from five we'll work our way backwards number five is I wish I had let myself be happier number four I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends three I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings two I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That one really speaks to me because I'm an hour whore. I I take every job that's thrown at me and I've sacrificed time with friends and family to work. So the number two was they wish they hadn't worked so hard. And number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So that's for you. I want you to think about And take it from people that are at the end of the line. They're at the end of the rope. And number two, that's a a reminder I need, is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So I'm going to remember that one. And again, I enjoy investing. I'm enjoying the challenge of it. Yes, I'm down on some things. I'm not perfect. But, you know, I'm trying to find that balance. Some of you, you want... 50, 60, 70, 80% in ETFs. Some are 100% ETFs. I think for me, I'd, I think a good mix would be about 60%, 70% mutual funds or ETFs, and then keep about 30% for you know my trading or dividend investing or whatnot. Uh, just trying to bring in something that covers your annual expenses, a portion of it, I should say. And you know what? Just Thinking about FIRE, the financially independent retired early part, I don't think I will ever be the RE. I think FI is where it's at. I don't think I will be retired early because that to me sounds like leisure. We think of leisure. Dude, no. The human mind was meant to solve problems, to fix things to help people, to make things better, to improve people's lives, improve society, do all these great and wonderful things. So I think what I'm going to shift into is working on something that I love and it may not pay as much as I'm doing now, but if it brings me great joy, satisfaction and happiness. And here's the kicker is that I want to be able to do it until I physically cannot, meaning that what I'm doing to you right now is I'm talking. I'll get a few bucks from this, and I don't know what it'll leverage into, but you know, think about actors. There are actors that we're watching only Murders in the Building with Steve Short and Martin. No, St- Steve Martin and Martin Short, right? I think I said that right. They're two old dudes, you know, they're in their what, 70s? You could probably Clint Eastwood, I think, is still acting at. I don't know. He's got to be pushing 90, mid mid to late 80s. Look at that. He can't do bra- back-breaking physical labor. He's not going to be laying asphalt. He's not going to be up on a roof, you know, roofing a r- He's not going to be roofing a roof. I don't know what they do up there with the shingles and the hot mops and the tar and swabbing each other with it. But he's not going to be up on a roof with uh, in the hot Georgia sun. But acting... He's still doing and he loves it. So I think that's what um, what we want to do. And what I'm going to leave you with is this wonderful thought is that we need to be living our lives now, not just waiting for some point in the future. Like when I took my family to Ireland, you know, yeah, I spent a little more than I wanted to, but we invested in memories and money is the most renewable resource on the planet. The least renewable and least abundant resource is time, your time. Your time every second that disappears is gone. So I hope this will motivate you to get out there and figure out what it is you want and what you're going to do with the rest of your life because, hey, we don't know when our ticket's punched. But one thing I love, and, and this is a great thought I came across, is that success is when you stop trading right now for tomorrow because, as we know, tomorrow never comes. There's only right now here today. You can never be in the past. You can never be in the future because five seconds from now, it's going to be right now. So all you truly ever do have is right now. So, hey, do whatever it is to put a smile on the face of a friend or a loved one or somebody, you know, right here, right now. And I don't know, this was an interesting one That. We didn't really talk much stocks. We did in the beginning, but I, I wanted to say it. I've been thinking about this. I think the psychological part of investing is really, really important and something I'd love to know what you think about. So hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78 or Russ at com. Just email me there and I'll, I'll respond back to you. I I don't trust me. I will. I thank you again for listening. I really do truly appreciate your listenership, your your listenership and your support. Thank you once again for listening. And I will see you in the next right here. Dapper Dividends podcast episode. So long, everybody.